Welcome to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. Each week we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, alternative medicine practitioner, retired chiropractor, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, and welcome back to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. I am your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Dr. Omalara Umedimo, who is the CEO and founder of Melanin and Medicine and works as an empowerment coach and career transition strategist to provide Black women, women physicians and other health professionals with support through community courses and coaching. She has worked as a board-certified pediatrician for over 15 years and an academic faculty for over a decade, mentoring women in medicine who have been marginalized and minoritized. As a career transition strategist, she provides women with culturally informed strategies and systems to reduce burnout, achieve personal and professional fulfillment, rediscover their purpose, and ultimately achieve their vision for life without struggle or sacrifice. So Dr. Omalara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Alex. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> I'm really excited to to have you, and I'll have you share a little bit of your story here in a moment. But you know, we were just kind of talking before I hit record that a lot of the women that I work with and who I know listen to the show are kind of in that place of transition, like with career and you know, either rediscovering their passion and purpose or finally picking their head up from the years of kids and all that and realizing like, this is not what I want my life to look like right now. So I'm, I think this will be a really fun conversation to have in that frame. But um, before we jump into that, I just like to know kind of your story and, and what got you into doing what you're doing at this point. Yeah. So it definitely, this was definitely not on the uh, agenda when I, first, when I was um, first entering medical school. Um, I actually, of course, like to give some background. I'm a New Yorker. I am also the daughter of Nigerian immigrants. And I like to give some context that um, it, it don't kids of Nigerian immigrants kind of have only three jobs that they can actually aspire to be in. <laughs> it's like doctor, engineer, lawyer. Okay, that's it. And it's <laughs> And so if you are a good Nigerian child, you will go into one of those three and otherwise, you know, they'll pray for you. And I, I actually ended up becoming a physician um, and I started like med school at 18, did everything um, pretty much really just went on, went on. And I actually um, spent most of my work doing global health pediatrics. Uh, so focusing on working outside of the U.S. and in um, in areas here, actually domestically, like indigenous communities, um, border communities. So ultimately, I ended up finally finding myself in academia and settling down back hometown, New York. And at that time was providing clinical care, was also starting a global health program, was also doing research, was also teaching as an associate professor, and finally ended up burnt out, um, decided to take some time off away from clinical, but 
filled in that gap with doing advocacy work and ended up in a hospital, pretty much hospitalized in May of 2019. Um, And I like to say that that hospitalization was pretty much the beginning of the transition from my traditional life to, to what melanin and medicine is in terms of protecting ourselves and identifying how many of us as high performing women are on this path of health um, of really health problems and mental or physical health breakdowns. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on, I, I recently had, um, a male coach and we can, we can talk about the difference here, but a male mm-hmm. coach kind of go off on this tangent about, you know, the, the high performer and this can be male or female, but it's like, yeah. you know, we look at high performing as, how much we have on our plate and like how busy we are. And, you know, with you doing research and, you know, academia and all, all the stuff that you had on your plate, like ultimately it leads us to burnout. But I think, and, and we can talk about this and this is kind of going where I wasn't planning on today, but cause I talked about this on another episode, but, you know, mm-hmm. focusing in on, on more like, how are we most effective at producing results? Cause sometimes mm-hmm. it's not about all the things that we have, you know, right. accolades and stuff we have going on. It's actually about like, where are we most effective in our lives in terms of producing results? So I don't know if you have any insight there, but. Oh my gosh. I completely agree now because just thinking about the idea of when my work was taken away from me, because um, I presented pretty much with being unable to walk. And then finally over a month was fa- was found to have multiple sclerosis and, and understanding that when you have an autoimmune disorder and the like, the connection towards stress um, really now made me, compelled me to have to start to create boundaries, right? And a lot of us are thinking of ourselves specifically as women, and there's this great book, Burnout, right? But Amelia and Mm -hmm. Emily Nagowski, and they talk about that human giver syndrome. And it almost feels like, you know, we are socialized as women to start to make sure that boundaries are never there, right? Like we (laughs) have to be like, boundary that's evil like and stigmatizing boundaries instead of really allowing ourselves the space to understand that boundaries allow us to move from good to great so Mm -hmm. whether that be if you've decided the values are being like a a great mom or being a great you know person at at this specific thing really kind of centering on what are my values rather than other people's priorities and so you can show up in that greatness for those specific things. <laughs> so that's kind of Love what it. I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. And it's such an important lesson. And, you know, similar to so many women I meet and myself, like I had the total crash about four years ago where I physically could not do my life anymore. You know, my yeah. wrist was torn. I was going through divorce. I emotionally couldn't handle seeing people. Like, and when you, it's one thing to, you know, part of why I do this and why I know you show up for women the way you do is like, we don't want someone else to go through that. It's not fun. (laughs) Like you have to impact you before you hit that point. Um, Yeah, I completely like, that was exactly what happened because I have no clue kind of what compelled me to start a Facebook group, start a podcast, other than the idea that this was absolutely <laughs> not something that I would wish on my worst enemy in terms of the, you know, just uneasiness of like sitting in this space uh, that I was not prepared for and having to like work through it, you know, in such a, um, I would say vulnerable, transparent, emotional way of not having your work, um, relearning how to walk, but also relearning how to live and, and not really having guides or people that I could feel 
vulnerable with to share my story and say, hey, have you been through this? And I really wanted to create a space um, for many of us who end up being the ones who always have to have the answers to the questions, but we're not allowed to actually have our own questions and not have a space where we can share that we actually do have questions or we don't know what's going on. So I wanted to create a space for that. And particularly for Black women in medicine, just because um, a lot of times we sit in a role that is very much socialized to be strong Black women, um, do it all, um, have no weaknesses at all <laughs> or no, and, and care give and do it independently and don't show any emotions other than like, you know, either smiling or um, not any emotions sto- being stoic. And so I really wanted to make sure that we have that opportunity to be able to be our full selves because that's been the journey that has allowed me to step into my vision and do it in a way where I don't, I no longer am bound to what are other people going to think or what is that, you know, what, um, uh, who am I not pleasing in this moment? I love it. And it's, it's so important. And I think you really touch on, you know, a, a significant thing that a lot of us don't maybe necessarily pay attention to. And that's like the societal and kind of social constructs that have, put us into roles, you know, like I've always, I'm a self-proclaimed feminist, but, you know, I was always like (laughs) very on, you know, the belief that I could do anything and, and, you know, be anyone, but we still get put in these boxes. It's like when I ran an almost seven figure chiropractic practice and I actually have a pediatric background too. So that's the connection, (laughs) but, um, you know, it it was always, you know, like I'd get asked like, Oh, do you work for somebody? I'm like, no, I own like one of the busiest practices (laughs) up here, but I'm a woman. So you don't think that I would, you know, and, you know, just stuff, that stuff you come up against. And there is this, it's like, we have to figure out how to function in this man's world, but still somehow have our feminine identity because there's aspects of, you know, being a boss or a business owner, even a doctor, like in an authority position Mm -hmm. where there's something very male about it. And so I think we get kind of sucked into this weird vortex anyways. That's kind of my my soapbox tangent. (laughs) No, I completely, I completely get that. I think, you know, one of the drives here is really thinking about silence as being complicity a bit, right? So thinking about the fact that kind of, I would say a lot of my mentors had talked about this way of, you know, going with the flow, don't make any waves and soon your time will come. And what the, what it honestly allowed was that basically the structures that have continued to marginalize, um, to go at, you know, to go to play without any, you know, pushback. Um, and so even, and I think that's really difficult for us as black women and people who are at the at, at the margins or other people who are at the margins, right? And being able to put ourselves out there because we know the first people to potentially like suffer the consequences will be us, right? And so I think that one of the things that has been really important though has been developing um, a space where women feel a lot, a sense of freedom and a sense of courage building their own like safety net in their own like space where they're like, I am not compelled and tied to to this, like, and having them realize I have genius that I'm not even leveraging. How can I do that? And that's been kind of the movement where we've been going from work-life integration into helping women build businesses that are kind of purpose-led, right? That 
aren't just, oh, this is a good idea, but helping them craft, like, this is my zone of genius. How can I actually monetize this in a space that allows me to have the impact that I've never been allowed to have, have the freedom that I've never been allowed to have, and also be able to, you know, take care of my family and have that legacy that I want. And, and so I think that's been exciting um, to, to help to move women to just have that realization and have that discussion very, very like blatantly and openly. I love that. And and it's so important, you know, and that's a, I've been on a similar journey, like totally transforming what business <laughs> looks like and my career looks like. And like, I work from home now and my kid sees way more of me and just, you know, finding that balance and not feeling like I have to fill it up with stuff. Yes. Like, you know, cause I, I suddenly, I only work two days a week. Well, three, I guess is one of the days is my podcast and admin stuff, but it's like, I have so much more time. And, and that's okay. It's like, it's okay to have the time and not, you know, we don't have to push ourselves in these ways and, and dive into it in that way. So I love that that's, you know, where your work is taking you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things I'm learning now in terms of growing my business, which grew really quickly. And I was like, oh my God, systems, people, I need, you know, <laughs> going, going, like working. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but also yeah. like, you know, trying to figure that out is that um, the, I feel like it's inverse. Like the business grows more when we actually like figure out where our genius is and just sit in that and allow for, you know, the people who we bring on and the systems to allow for everything else to go. So we have the bandwidth. I don't know if it's like for you, but I'm an ideator and my best ideas come when I'm not, it doesn't come when I'm in the computer at all. Like it's never, (laughs) never there. (laughs) Like I'm there like, it always comes when I'm at the beach or I'm in the shower or I'm just like sitting around and it's like, I always have a notebook and I'm like, Ooh, this is good. But I think, um, it's really important for us to start to recognize how much we've been suppressing a lot of ourselves and how much doing we've been, you know, we've been involved in instead of the being so that there are ideas, there are dreams, there are things that we can actually mobilize, but we've just consumed it with so much time and we've kind of normalized struggle, self-sacrifice. So if it's not hurting us or if it's not like busy and, you know, then we're like, oh, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and there's not a lot of room for creativity there. Like I think you're, um, and I've talked some and because you're using the term zone of genius, I'm assuming that you read the big leap by Gay Hendricks. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like favorite book ever. Um, if you haven't read it yet, I've mentioned it plenty of times on the show, but <laughs> you know, it's like, we don't have, if we don't create the time and space to tap into whatever that zone of genius is, you never really know. And so I was going to ask you like how you figured out what your zone of genius actually is. Like how, how did that come to be? So it's funny because I do a workshop. I probably, I've, I've, I, it's sunsetting now. I think I kind of give it out when I, when I really meet someone who I'm like, oh, you could benefit from this. But I did a workshop called Pivot into Your Purpose and I've done it like periodically. And basically, one of the things that's been really exciting about it has been this space of understand, like using your past. There are three components, um, understanding what your, um, your strengths are particularly, and then 
really being able to start to think about kind of what the vision you have is. So for example, using your past has been really helpful because I try to think about, okay, what are the three to five in the exercise in the workshop? What are the three to five most meaningful moments that you've had, right? Um, where Like in the past year, like what have those things been? And you can, and we actually go far, we go all the way from the like beginning, right? Of your life, like what have those things been? And oftentimes, when, when people do that, we do a process called hills and valleys where we're looking at what have been the hills, right? We often, the things we find meaningful often have a theme. There's often something, and that's what we're trying to kind of tap into. What's the theme? What's the connecting point for all of these things that quote unquote are meaningful for you um, and are moments of success for you usually? And so that we can start to kind of see that, you know, I don't think of, finding your zone of genius as this like um, moment where the clouds open up and it's like, ah, and the music plays. Um, It really has been in the making and we just haven't sat down to look. And then I also think about um, helping them through kind of the strengths piece about filling out some prompts. Like what is it, you know, the things that I think Gay Hendricks talks about, about what am I best at, right? Like, what is it that everyone's always like, oh my God, you do this so great. And you're kind of like minimizing and like, that's not even a thing. Um, I think the other things that he talks about a lot of times are, you know, where's that sense of flow, which comes from positive psychology, right? And then the other uh, other place that I think is really important for us is starting to think about what is it that I think um, is valuable in my life and where do I, you know, see my life going? Like, I think it's really important for us to do the visioning or strategic futuring is a, um, it's a book um, that I love the, the framework. It's called um, The Future Belongs to Those Who Dare by, um, I'm going, I'll, I'll find it for you guys. Um, but that book has been really helpful in saying, okay, where is it that I want to go? And let me think about where I've been and what have been the things, the themes, the things that have been most meaningful and how does that move me towards, towards that? And so when we do that process, we start to come out with ideas of, this is what I'm not doing, but this is what makes the most sense for me to be focusing on to get to the goal where I want to get. And that was kind of the thing where I realized for me, I was like over my whole career supporting black women and and minority women in my faculty position. And just like, they would come to me and I was like, why are you coming to me? Like, I don't understand, but they were like, this is so great what you've told me. And I never saw it as something that I could spend my time doing. So I think that, um, undoing that limiting belief that the thing that you love, you can actually do full time. (laughs) (laughs) And that's such an important one because, you know, I feel like we always come up with excuses like, you know, well, when the kids are out of the house or when, you know, X, Y, Z has happened, when I have enough money coming in, when, 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 when there's always a like thing down the line that holds us back from just jumping in and doing it. And that's something I, I coach a lot of women around is like, how do we just find the courage to say, okay, this is it. Yeah. There's, there's many things that I think are really important. I think the letting go of so many things, another great book, right? Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And yeah. I think 
letting go of that people pleasing, letting go of that um, negative self-talk, letting go of um, one of the big things that I, I try to think about is letting go of the excellence, right? At, as like, how can I say exhaustion as a sign of excellence, like that we have to be at our breaking point. And then that's when we can see things um, being quote unquote, like successful. And there's so many things that we have to put a, a stop to that are kind of hampering us. So I think when I talk to a lot of women, it's before we even get into kind of what is it that you want to create, it's like, what are the sto- what are the stories and the things that you already have that are setting the picture, like the way that you've set up your life? You know, for me, it was, it was definitely, it wasn't valuable unless somebody said it was like somebody gave me an award, somebody clapped for it, somebody did something, then it was like, okay, that matters. It yeah. never was, oh, it matters to me. So it's really important. And, and that was a big one for me. And we all have to find them because we're all living in this space of certain mindset blocks and shifts that we need to make to get to that better place. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, it's so powerful to kind of look at and and you mentioned, you know, your past and kind of the the road and the journey that's brought you along and those things that really stand out, but then also like what's driven you. This was a big breakthrough for me, um, you know, because overachiever, like, you know, awards, accolades, all, all, all the stuff. I mean, if yeah. you did win it, I did it <laughs> kind of thing. And so, you know, being able to identify like, what is that drive? What's that thing that's really driving you? And and reconnect it to something that's, you know, much more, I'm trying to figure out the words, how to explain it, but like not driven by the thing, but driven by the purpose and the passion, if that makes sense. Yes, make exactly. Yeah. Yes. Alex, I completely agree. Like even, you know, this shift from work-life integration to really just pretty much being a, a business strategist for, for black women, it was hard for me. Cause I was like, wait, what about, you know, all of these, other and and other these other women who still need that service and it was kind of like you tapping into and we do this sometimes where it's like we take too long to let go of places where we've evolved from right and I think that the reason why this is now so important to me is the purpose behind it it's like at that time that was who. I needed to be for the people who I needed to serve. And now that I'm evolving, I can't serve them in the best way that, that I could before and be, and really now allowing yourself to provide, to identify, okay, who are the people who who can do that? Because that now I'm in this space and there are people waiting for, for me to move into this, this other space. And so I think, it's extremely important. I think we do it so often with things where we don't leave jobs that don't, that we've like, you know, <laughs> like we've outgrown like years ago. Like we don't like, um, we don't get off committees or like, you know, certain things for our, you know, our, our kids things or whatever, where we're like, this is not the way I need to be using my time. Like I do not need to be here two hours cleaning the toilet. Like that is not <laughs> like the, <laughs> that is not where I am at this point, nor is it a good, so why can't I, and just starting to value ourselves, value our time. Um, yeah. I think is a, a huge, important piece of, of all of this. Yeah. 
It is. And I think you used a really important word there because I know I struggled with this kind of transitioning from being a chiropractor to being a coach. And like, obviously I'm in a wrist brace and those <laughs> the video can see this. And like, the reason is I had surgery on my wrist and then I retore my wrist a year and a half later because I couldn't give up adjusting. And like, I knew I'd evolved, but like, I love my people and I can't say no. And it's just like, you know, so I had to physically remove myself from a not like you have to go to extreme lengths sometimes to just stop yes. your stupidity. But I love that word evolve because it's not, you know, I, I struggle. And I think a lot of women do struggle with like feeling guilty about who we're leaving behind or, you know, not really. And so I've held myself back and like not fully embracing where I'm stepping into and, you know, it, it, it makes it not always go as well as we would like it to, right? Like yes. you have to be willing to to take that on. And I, I think like just thinking of it differently. It's not like you failed someone. It's not like you're, you know, abandoning anybody. It's not, it's not any of those stuff things. Like we evolve in our lives and evolve yeah. in who we are and evolve in our passion and purpose. So yeah. And I'm gonna put this out there, but I'm gonna say it's pretty arrogant of us to believe that like that person who was, uh, who has been helped by you or who could be helped by you, your former you, now there's absolutely no one who is going to be able to support them, (laughs) you know, once you, once you've moved into a different space, there's absolutely nothing that exists. And I think that, you know, it was me understanding that piece too, that like, you know, what it's allowed for me to do is actually um, build up my Rolodex. Like I'm very proud of my Rolodex. I'm really proud of the networking that I do where I'm able to like, somebody has an issue that I totally am not in that space anymore, but like, no, like this person, this person and this person. And I think that that's been exciting for me to be able to step in that space, which may be easier for people to, to like shift into, if I can't help you, like, it may be hard to be like, well, sorry, um, but it may, be, it may be easier for people to say, you know what, but there are these other resources, but being able to stick firm to the fact that I cannot help you now. Like, and and um, I like to talk about these four phases. I like to talk about like identifying your power, right? The self-empowerment piece to like shift in to like, I can do this. The actual pivot piece of like, okay, we're going to do this. And like, these are what I need to transition. But then the profit piece, whether that be profiting monetarily or profiting in terms of your lifestyle, just being able to think about how do I actually make things like produce and and have the planning and foresight. And then the peace piece, which is like, I think a lot of us get stuck once we're in that space of like doing and producing. And then it's like, we're not building the systems or building the teams or are leaving the perfectionism so that we can give out and actually have that peace in our lives that I'm hoping when I tell women to move into kind of entrepreneurship, that's like part of the goal to make sure they have some freedom. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can move into entrepreneurship and have even less than you did in your normal job. Like it's, and I don't know if you run into this, um, and, you know, I work with a lot of women who are either entrepreneurial or have an idea, but maybe they're nervous about jumping into it, whatever it is. Yeah. But like, I actually love, 
aspects of being an entrepreneur and working. And so like I could spend an entire day building a landing page or, you know, learning a new business, like, and I just love it. And so it's not like work, but it's also like, okay, we have to have some boundaries around this because my family needs me to. Completely, (laughs) completely. I so agree. Like I'm so laser focused in that way where it's like, okay, we're going to get this done today. Like we're going to get, it's like, um, they make whole <laughs> slow that down, Omalara. And you know, and like who can do this better, first of all? Is <laughs> I, I think it's one of the things that I tell like some of my clients. I'm like, when the problem comes up, not like how am I gonna fix this, but who can fix this? Right. So then yeah. it's like, is it gonna be me? Is it gonna be that? Like already having the frame of mind of this is not me. Like who, who can do this? And then it might be you maybe, but you know, starting, starting from there is so important because yes, we can on the things that we love, especially when we're doing work that's related to our purpose. That's so easy, right? Alex It's so easy to be like, yes, everything matters. And I need to do all of this. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, and you can get lost. Like I've spent days, hours, (laughs) just down yeah. the rabbit hole. And I've learned a lot of cool stuff and it's a lot of fun, but you know, and I, I think it's coming back to like being clear on, on where our focus should be, like to really be truly be producing the results that we want to produce, whether it's for other, like the people we serve or, you know, ourselves, our lives, our family, like we have to be clear on that. And it can get, it's because of all that societal stuff. Like, you know, I've been on my journey a while, you've been on your journey a while, but I can still get pulled into those things of like, oh, my house needs to look a certain way, or, you know, I need to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, no, you don't. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Definitely. As a mom, as a a wife, like, you know, those things are hard to like unlearn where it's like, I'm supposed to be doing the laundry right now, or I'm supposed to be washing the dishes or, you know, doing this. And one of the nice things has been being able to have the conversation with my spouse and saying, you know what, like, this is what I'm building. This is what I I need support in. And our family may not look the same way as those that... (laughs) others that we've been around, but it's, it's the way that we need it to look for us to, for all of us to thrive, you know? So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and for those listening to this, that maybe are, are thinking, uh, you know, who feel, I don't want to say trapped, but like their families looked a certain way for a long time. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's hard to envision it as something different. Like, would you have any suggestions on how do you start? Like, where, where do you look to? Obviously like we're capable of creating whatever we want. Right. And, and creating, you know, I, I even look at it. Like I, I created a very specific culture in my chiropractic practice where it was like, I was a single mom. And so I mostly hired single moms and we had an in-office nanny and the kids were just there. And like, you know, we created this thing that just worked for us. Right. And it looked different. And if you didn't like kids, we were not the place for you to come. Like That's just (laughs) how that went down. Um, And people appreciated that. And so it's like unapologetically creating, you know, what you need, but how do we start to tap into that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, am a, if for those that don't know, who don't know, they're Myers-Briggs, but I am something called INTJ. So that means I'm very introverted. I have like 
like 10 minute monologues in my head, like before I, and no, and none in, in person with people, like my head is always racing. And I think one of the things that's been really helpful for me, um, especially when we're having crucial conversations, which is what I like to call them, like those conversations where you're going to have to either set a boundary, change a system that, that has been in place is preparation um, and thinking about uh, an agenda or a format. So one of the nice books that I've read, Total Leadership by um, Stu, oh God, I'm losing everything. I think it's Stuart Friedman. Yeah, I think (laughs) it's Stuart Friedman, Stuart Friedman. And um, he has this great method called Stakeholder Dialogues. I love it. Um, And basically what it really is, it's not rocket science, but there's a whole like, you know, guide around it, but it really is around kind of the expectations and having conversations that we probably never even had with those people, right? It's just been assumed, like, he's going to take out the trash and I'm going to do this or whatever. Like, it's just like, there was never a conversation. There was never like any thought about like, what's the expectation or what's the shared goal for our family. And now let's actually talk about what are you expecting from me? What am I expecting from you? Um, you know, what is the, what is, where are we going and what's our shared rather than having adversarial positions, what's our shared interest? And then what are the ways that we can actually get there together? And, and we've often, I've had people, I have my clients use this for, talks with their bosses, talks with their spouses. And what the nice thing about it is instead of it being like a conversation where I have to get something at the end, it's literally information gathering so that you can kind of be clear, where does this person stand? Where do I stand? And almost through the process, now you co-create kind of what things can look like. And I think that a lot of the tension or a lot of the difficulty has been from not being, from being scared of having those kind of conversations because we yeah. don't have a guide to, to do it. Yeah. So that's been really helpful in starting. And it, and it actually was like a game changer to be able to be vulnerable with, with my spouse and say, I'm not strong. I don't got it all together. And this is what I need for you to do. And then he was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, it was just like, I didn't know. Like, you know, I had no clue. Like, you know, because you're doing everything and and you yeah. don't say anything. So um, really being able to, to do that, I think, is helpful. That's really awesome and super powerful. I mean, just in like, whether or not you want to start a business or, or whatever you want to do, just like having powerful conversations that, you know, make your marriage better and make your home life better and maybe transform something at your job there's also a book called crucial conversations i don't know if you've ever read that one but i don't know by who do you know who I, i'll have to look that one yeah up. i i <laughs> don't know yeah but i i'm i'm look i always love a good book so <laughs> <laughs> i know i've got a list of like four going just from our conversation so, <laughs> um this is, I, I love this conversation and hopefully everyone listening will, will really enjoy this. But, you know, so for those, like I, what I run into with a lot of women is either they're like ready or they're completely holding themselves back. And I know we talked a little bit about limiting beliefs and, and whatnot, but do you have any tips or tr- tools? Like, you know, we've talked about communication and just like being clear with yourself to just to help start to uncover those and really recognize our own power within. I use the, um, I'm going to blame on her name, the, you know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, 
Oh, um, uh, yes. Wilkinson. Marianne Wilkinson. Um, yeah, Wilkinson. Yeah, Williamson. Yeah. That one. Mm-hmm. That quote. It's actually the backdrop. I should know her name, but, you know, <laughs> like, how do we start to overcome those limiting beliefs that tell us we are not, you know, these super awesome, powerful beings as, and I feel like as women, you know, we're also, we're a minority and then black women are like even another subset of that. I work a lot with the Alaska native population and females mm-hmm. in that. And there are some awesome, powerful people in there. Mm-hmm. And then there's also these weird things that just hold them back and hold, you know, and same for women in general. Um, we all have this story and conversation. So how do we start to transform that for ourselves so we can transform it for the world? That's my question. Ooh, I love that. Okay. <laughs> so a few, I really, I'm, I'm like, honestly, I'm like, Ooh, yes. Um, yeah. so a few things. So I think one is, so I, I actually created a boot camp called, um, own your power boot camp because, <laughs> because yeah. I was like, okay, why am I doing these workshops? People are like, yes, now I know my purpose. And then it's like, wait, you, wait, you want me to actually like do that? And all of the limiting beliefs. And it's like, no, we're going to stay right here. Um, and so I, so I created this bootcamp, the best way for people to definitely get in touch with me, because I honestly, um, just like now make it available for women who I feel like it comes out during our conversations. Um, So the best way that they can do that is on my Instagram. You can just DM me. I'm very, I love DMing. Like I love having conversations. So my DMs are like open, open, like it's always great. And um, if they DM me, they can actually DM the word bootcamp to to um, our Instagram page, which is Melanin Medicine Co. Um, or they can DM quiz. We actually have a quiz, which is called Power to Profit. And it goes through kind of which ones are, where, which are the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from profiting in your career, profiting in a business per se, um, profiting mm-hmm. in your lifestyle. So it's called Power to Profit. Um, and it's great. And then if you take it, it actually will also lead you to learn more about the boot camp. So either or. So Instagram is the best place <laughs> to connect with me about it. I love it. And I haven't div- dove into the Instagram world well yet, but um, no, I'm I'm curious. So I'm gonna go check this stuff out. And, <laughs> awesome. yeah. and we have this great like bot, like basically, so that it goes like you put quiz or whatever, and then it's like, oh, okay, here's the, you know, it seems like, or yeah. you put boot camp. So it's really easy and helpful and it gets people what they need right away. And then if there are other questions, we're like, hey, let's talk through what, what's, what do you need? So I love, I'm loving my Instagram account. <laughs> awesome. I have a dog foraging under my desk. So. <laughs> no worries. In, in kind of like bringing this full circle, what What, um, you know, how can we boil this down into like, okay, here's maybe like the first three steps or what, you know, just like, obviously we have overcoming, like figuring out, maybe just figuring out what your limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. are, Um, identifying your power and purpose, like what really, you know, I think most of us know it. Like I always, when I I think about this or I read the big leap or something, it's like, I feel like I get all squirrely and like, well, it can be this, it can be that. And like, I'm like, if I just sat down and thought about it, like, without any interruptions for half an hour, I'd probably be really clear on what it is. And I, like on some level, I, I know, but, um, you know, so finding ways, boys connecting with you or, or whatnot to get clear on that. And then what else, what else do we have to really like launch us into this? Future? Yeah. 
So I think, you know, basically the, the point that we've been trying to kind of identify is that the place that allows us to get away from that stuck, burnt out feeling is really around understanding your why and then actually putting it into action in some way, right? And and creating the vision that you've been sitting there um, um, thinking can't happen. So I do think that like we talked about the power piece, the self-empowerment and letting go of the limiting beliefs, feeling confident, I think is step number one. So if you feel like you're stuck there, that is definitely where you start. Like if you are scared of, and you feel like there's no way I can shift out of this. Like, this is not possible. What we need to do is uncover which one of those limiting beliefs. And so that's where like a boot camp or the quiz can be helpful. The second thing I think is once we are empowered, the thought is like the change is just so tremendous of what's going to have to happen. And I think it's going to have to be around identifying who are your guides, who are the people who have done this change that you can tap into. And those may be people that you may have in your back pocket or people you might have to invest in. <laughs> like it depends, right? And I think the career yeah. transition piece is really important on whatever that looks like. And, and putting together for us, you know, as Melanin Medicine, we help like with helping you boil down the vision and like saying, okay, what is like, how does this, how do you want this to look like a potential business or something like that? And helping us do that, even while you're in your current career. So you can feel really like empowered as you now move into the transition. Like I know what I'm transitioning into instead of like, I'm running away from this, but I'd have no clue what I'm running to. The third piece is the profit piece, because I think it would be very facetious or weird for us to say, just do it. And you know, things will happen. It's like, no, like we, we need to maybe have a plan on how I can still, you know, pay my bills. I can still do everything that I need to do. And that means usually just being able to have a core idea of who are the people who are going to support you through not only shifting, but then scaling to like have a space where now you're able to have something that profits you. And then the last thing I think that's really important is usually the most elusive is having the accountability and having the self-preservation strategies in place to know your no, to build your boundaries, to uh, use others, so have a support team so that you can have sustainability and have like that, like you said, two to three day work week or, you know, or whatever it looks like to you, right? It might just look like having weekends off. Like it might, whatever that might look like having a vacation twice a year, but being able to now think about what is it that I need to be able to not just make profit, but make some peace in my life and create that. And usually that requires systems, tech that I know as doctors are kind of like never the last ones to know about anything. Like it's like, you can actually automate this. It's like, what? Why why are we as doctors? Can you explain that? We are always like the last to know about any, any, like, you know, the, the least, like the littlest tech thing. And I think having that mentorship is really important um, to help sustain you and keep you you know, always remembering, am I taking care of me? Am I taking care of me? Am I taking care of me? Uh, and you've been alluding to it. I've named that thing where we don't take care of ourselves as selfless syndrome, you know, where we're Ooh, always yes. focused on everyone and everything else and not ourselves. And it, you know, it really takes something to create that shift and like, look 
into ourselves again and to not have it feel like it's coming out of a place of selfishness. And actually that brings up a point I was going to bring as we've been talking, you know, we, we've been talking about like really connecting with us and who we are and using that to serve the world in a more powerful way than we do when we, you know, hold ourselves back or have limiting beliefs or, you know, function in the construct of what we think life should look like where it really doesn't need to, but it can also feel selfish. I think mm-hmm, for a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, to, to bring that internal gaze into ourselves and work yeah. through that. There's a, there's a great concept that is helpful for me, particularly as someone um, who is black African descent. Like I think um, it's, and I think it just is helpful in general. It's a South African concept called Ubuntu. Are you familiar with it? I've heard the um, word, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. But basically it's the idea of I am because we are, right? And the idea that you in a silo, right, is impacting a whole bunch of people, right? So you in a silo that is preventing yourself from like being at your fullest self is actually taking away from the power of your of the community that you touch, right? So me like coming back drained out, burnt out is really putting my kids, putting my family at jeopardy, putting even my patients at jeopardy because I'm not creating those boundaries to take care of myself. So as we think about, you know, taking care of ourselves and that self-preservation piece, it is a radical act for us, as Audre Lorde said, but it is a piece that is actually super, um, how could I say, is, 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 from like a space of generosity and a space of community. Um, And Ubuntu is a really great concept to kind of like put a name on the, how it interweaves with how we take care of the people who we love. I love that. That's a really great concept. And it's so true. Like a part of it is just, we need a perspective shift that, you know, when we take care of ourselves, we inevitably have more to give to others and can, Mm -hmm. you know, be better for them. And so it's, you know, it took me a long time. And this is where I, I came up with this because of mentorship and like being surrounded. You have to be with other people in that conversation because it is yes. not the norm, right? And it's yes. so easy to lose ourselves again. And, you know, like I I took the day yesterday and had a girl's day. We have hot springs kind of near us. And, you know, we went out, there's no service out there. Like I took my time. I didn't care. My husband and my son, they were fine. <laughs> like, yes. They um, survived somehow. They survived. Yes. <laughs> they went to the movie. They had a great time. You know, it was, and we, we had a nice family evening when I got back, but like that used to, you know, I would have felt rushed or like, I shouldn't stay long or maybe I shouldn't have that meal or like, I don't need to take a shower. Like what all the things, right? Yes. Like, come and like I'm not in that place anymore but we have to be willing to you know create the shift and we need support to do that is what I'm trying to get out there definitely definitely oh this has been really helpful for me just to kind of like have a conversation I feel like when we're talking through these things we're always learning for ourselves like right that's a great concept or that's a a great shift on on how to think about things so I really appreciate the opportunity to do do this with you Alex and I I appreciate you coming on I know we we probably went longer than I normally do but (laughs) this has been really good and I hope everyone listening has, has gotten something valuable out of it I I know I'm probably going to go read the big leap for like the fifth time because I right. learned something new and I do and I'm like what can I take this time but I I really appreciate it and so Instagram is a good place to connect with you is there any other way that um our listeners yeah I mean 
Right now, um, a few things that we have. So Instagram is the best place right now. What we're pr promoting on our Instagram page, Melanin Medicine Co. is our um, purpose plan profit accelerator. So if anybody knows or if they are a Black woman physician who's trying to start scale or sustain their business, that's a great um, space. But I am on all of the platforms. Like I am on Twitter, Melanin and Medicine. I am on um, Facebook, Melanin and Medicine. And we are on LinkedIn as well. So you put Melanin and Medicine in any of your spaces and search, you will see us. But the best space is definitely um, Instagram's a great home base for us. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and just sharing your your knowledge and your guidance around this. And yeah, it's been really No, fun. thank you so much. I hope it was helpful for your listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Each month, I will select one lucky subscriber to receive a special Impeccable Health sample kit from me. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me at www.emergentwomenih.com for even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become vibrant, energetic, and on fire. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about.